insert audio clip here. No audio clip this week, but we are back. <laughs> we are a hair late, but we're back. This will come out before the game starts tonight, September 30th. Bach and Bort Project, we're back. Episode, I believe, 24 it is. This is a We've had quite a bit of movement this week, just with f- fire matchups last week. Um, quite a few trades this week, so we'll discuss all things trades, and then, of course, we'll get into our week four predictions. But, Bort, but before, how are you? Before we get into all of that, it's you know you said this is episode twenty four. I'm, it, it's kind of weird that we're even at episode twenty four, and I don't know when we first started doing this. I was like, oh yeah, you know we'll do it. We'll get sick of it, and we'll be done. Nobody will listen to it. <laughs> but we're getting some we're getting some listens. You know we're so glad you guys are enjoying this. So um, shout out to shout out to my buddy. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say his name, but E Money. He told me this past week I was I was hanging out with uh, with him and he said that he's been listening to the podcast and he's not a part of the league so appreciate Shout the listen E-Money. yeah we love you so continue continue listening he got a kick out of the LASIK Jameis jokes we made a couple weeks back so good at least someone at least someone is enjoying our humor yeah absolutely few and far between but they exist all right well with that why don't we jump into our Week three recap. Um, it was a pretty good week. I once again scored a victory point. Whoop, whoop. Let's go. <laughs> um, so I did lose though. Uh, lost to Jeremy, who is yeah the team that we dubbed at the beginning of the year, the team that would not lose. Um. Is currently two and one, lost their week one matchup, as everyone might remember if you listened back a few weeks ago. Historic um, episode. Historic episode. Uh yeah, his team his team was really good, so um he kinda just stomped me. I know I was I was watching a little bit about we were at the game and I was looking and our projections were really, really close. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I saw Josh Allen scores a touchdown and his projection just jumped and then just it didn't stop. Another and another and another. He had what? Four four passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown? It was Yeah, four touchdowns and one four passing, one rushing touchdown. Yeah. It was it was insane. That's a lot. Insane. But Um, I mean, we were we were at the Vikings game, saw a Vikings win finally i was a little pessimistic i was expecting us to see to see them lose their third consecutive their consecutive game but they pulled going it out. to that Sa- game going to Sans that game you was the worst yeah i'm not very fun to go to games with i don't think once we got there it was fun though but up until that point i was dead convinced that it was going to be a worthless a, a worthless uh afternoon spent but no it it was the exact opposite i loved it i loved seeing seeing the stadium as a fan for the first time was was awesome but uh that's not about fail um i cut you off you were in the middle of talking about you and jeremy's matchup yeah no i mean his his team had some players that struggled but then you know like i was saying we were at the game was super happy to see justin jefferson how well he was playing but also just hurting my team because 
he was on Jeremy's roster. Yeah, every um, single catch was was detrimental to your fantasy success. So detrimental, and I was just like, no, please make it stop. And then, yeah, I mean, it seems like all of his receivers and and Kittle finally had a good game. Um, but they really they really helped out his struggling running back because Nick Chubb mm-hmm. only had eight points, which yeah, was. He's... Which was which was kind of crazy because, you know, they were in a game where they were up against the Bears. You kind of would have mm-hmm. thought that they would have handed it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of like peeked in on the ending of that game. And it looks like they must have gotten up super, super early. And then Case Keenum actually came in and took out Baker. They took out Hunt and Chubb. And they put in Demetric Felton. And he kind of... Yep carried it towards the end there um but yeah leonard fournette is no longer lombardi lombardi lenny as he has Yikes. sucked for the entire year um tyree kill my precious um did not put up very many points but the rest of my team does look pretty promising my stack of joe burrow and jamar chase should be pretty nice for the future but that's about really all I got going for me right now with Michael Thomas and J.K. Dobbins sitting on my IR. That just sucks. Like, injuries suck. And yeah. they derail, they they ruin everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Jeremy took the win. I lost to Josh pretty handily. I, I severely underperformed. My entire team did. I was projected for 150 points, and I only scored 119 um, so Josh takes his third consecutive win, and I believe that's also his third consecutive three victory point week. So Josh has gotten off to a blazing start. Um, Jonathan, oh my gosh, Jonathan versus Matt. We point need to like point oh five points. We need to look into that a little more. I think that was rigged. In whose favor? Commish. He sh- Commish should have lost. I think. I mean, A.J. Green went for 112 yards. Emmanuel Sanders went for 94 and two touchdowns. <laughs> Chase Edmonds had 11 points, outscoring C.D. Lamb. It was Mark Ingram and Carlos Hyde. Neither of them really did too much of anything. Ingram only had six carries and a reception for minus one yards. And Carlos Hyde only had eight carries for 44 yards. And Justin Fields got sacked, what, nine times or something like that? Nine times. I keep telling Matt that he needs to play Hunter Renfro, and he keeps not listening to me. You should but just DM whatever. him. I, I I wonder, well, Hunter Renfro, yeah, Hunter Renfro had five receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, replace Mark Ingram with him. Yeah, and you win. He beats Kamish by 10 points, but, I mean, I'm sure Kamish could have started other players on his bench, too. But Sure. That was a close game. So Kamish goes up to two and one. Um, Matt drops after a one and zero start. Drops two straight. He's now one and two. What other comments did you have on that board? Yeah. So Kamish won again. We mentioned barely won, but he also did not score enough to get that third victory point. So he is one Mm -hmm. of the teams that I did lose my matchup, but I got that third victory point, um, which I need to fight for every single one victory point that I can get because it doesn't look like I'm going to win many games. No, it, it's not looking that way through three weeks, through three weeks of the season. Um, Eli lost his third straight. Eli's team is not looking 
is not looking great. Canute, like I predicted, beats Eli, 119 to 110. Um, yeah, Eli was projected for 150 points, scores 110, so even worse of a performance than than myself. Um, I don't see, I just don't, I don't know where this is coming from. I mean, Noah Fant on Eli's roster, two receptions. Calvin Ridley has a, had eight receptions for 61 yards. Jared Goff didn't throw a touchdown. Neither did Daniel Jones. That's where the loss is. Having none of neither of your quarterbacks account for any touchdowns. I mean, that's you're just begging for a loss at that point. Well, and having Robbie and having Robbie Anderson have one catch. Well, and having two quarterbacks that score under 20 points is almost a recipe for disaster in this league, in my opinion. Every, Every single every single week, you need your quarterbacks to be at the twenty, ideally twenty five point threshold on average every single week. Right. And Daniel Even Jones Diggs. is only. Yeah, I mean, where has Diggs been this whole year? He had one touchdown in week two, but he hasn't amassed over seventy receiving yards yet this year. Like that's hard. It's hard to imagine considering last year his yards per catch were nearly 10 or no over 10 12 and a half 12 12 yards per catch last year this is all according to sleeper by the way 12 yards per catch last year so far he's dropped two like two whole yards he's just averaging just barely over 10 yards a catch um he i don't know i don't know if it's if it's defensive game plans from Pittsburgh, Miami, and Washington, like those are all three really solid defenses. I'm not sure if it's that. Like if we're going to see him really start to pop off against Houston this week, Kansas City next week, Jacksonville in a couple weeks. Like I don't know if we're going to see it then, but so far it's been a, a rough start for Diggs. Yeah, and to see him really not even getting into the end zone. Like Mm-mm. Emmanuel Sanders caught two, Dawson Knox right. caught one, and their running back Zach Moss caught the fourth. It, you know, it's 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 so weird to see out of four touchdowns thrown that your big money receiver is not catching one. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was shocking to see. Um, I'd imagine I haven't watched a single snap of Bills football, but I'm only imagining when the Bills get inside the red zone, they're doubling digs and saying, hey, we're going to double digs. We're going to spy Josh Allen. And we're going to have somebody else beat us. Um, yeah, could be, and maybe I mean, maybe I, that'll continue. But I think you want to get the ball into your best player's hands, and outside of Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs is by far and away their most talented player on offense. Yeah, and he 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 did catch one in weeks one and weeks two, but then it almost seems like, you know, his his yardage isn't there. Like week mm-hmm. one, sixty nine yards. Week two, sixty yards. Yeah. Week three, sixty two yards. And right. You know, week two, he only caught four. Week one, he caught nine of them, but for 69 yards. Right. No it's, touchdowns. And no, tu- yeah, no touch. Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't catch a touchdown. He's only, he's only got one touchdown on the year. And it's week two. Yeah. It's been so weird, especially coming off of, you know, what what did he have last year? Like, how many yards did he have I th- last I th- year? Uh, let me check. He had 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. So it's not like yeah. he even had a ton of touchdowns. He's ha- He had more touchdowns in Minnesota twice. He had nine in 2018, but he had eight, which tied his his total last year in 2017 with Minnesota. So um, 
I don't see him getting double-digit touchdowns, but I think for me, I'm more concerned about the yards than anything else for Diggs. Yeah. But that, that'll be a situation. I mean, Eli paid up to get, like, he, he, shelled, out, he shelled out a lot to get Diggs because he already had Ridley. Uh, shelled out a lot to get digs and I mean obviously it's still early but go looking being staring staring down the rest of the season starting 0-3 is not what you want to see especially from a team that we all assumed would be uh would be competing this year and that was Eli so um, well Canute pulls Canute pulls out the victory much to his chagrin I'm assuming because he'd like to quote um I don't even know what it was called anymore but strategic reorganization Right, yeah, strategic roster restructuring or something like that. But yeah, well, and Eli goes up against Josh next week, which we'll get into later. But he could be staring down the barrel of zero and four. Mm-hmm. Very easily could be staring down the barrel of zero and four. You're absolutely right. Um, but with that, um, Ben went up against uh, the Dan football team, which is Wisconsin mm-hmm. Dan. Uh, Wisconsin Dan continues his fail dominance where let's go points don't matter but victory points do um but he did put up a good amount of points he took home three of them when he beat ben 130 to 95 dan's team has been surprisingly insane um you know cole beasley has played really well for the bills he picked up Taylor Heineke. Was that in our free agency draft? I am not quite sure. I think so. I, can, I think. I'll, I think. I'll, I'll look. I think he picked him up in our free agency draft. Yes, pick eight of the first round of our free agency wow. draft before the season. What a pick! So great pickup there. So he's he's had Heineke. You know Beasley. I traded him Sammy Watkins, who has played, who has played fairly decent. Um, but Marvin Jones' connection with Trevor Lawrence has been really crazy this year. You know, there was reports coming out of camp that they were clicking, they were, you know, playing well together. And that has really continued into this year, you know, putting up 18, 17. Now this week was a little off, putting up only 12. But he's just been playing well. Uh, James Conner had a, had a great week for the first time this year. Um, and then Boyd continue, continues his, I don't know, I mean, how do you want to put it? Um, he's not even considered a wide receiver too, Mm-mm. but he's putting up, you know, 14, 13 points each week, which is enough out of a super flex. Yep. That's um, enough. Goddard uh, bridge and Bridgewater. This was his first down week. Yeah. But he, he, man, it's so it's so good to see Teddy Bridgewater playing well. I love it. I absolutely love it. Even it if I wasn't war- a Vikings fan. Heart. Even if I wasn't a Vikings fan, but because I am a Vikings fan, seeing Teddy go out there, win a starting job, and bring his team to 3-0, and that's awesome. I love seeing that. love seeing that out of Teddy. Yep. Dan would have beaten nine out of the 14 teams this week. Yeah. So, like... Yes, the league as as a whole underperformed, I would say. But at the same time, Dan's like, "Why do Why do I care? I'm three and zero, or I'm two and one. Let's keep it rolling." Um, <laughs> Ben's team is is struggling. 
despite touchdowns from Zach Moss, Brandon Ayuk, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson. Trevor Lawrence threw two picks, only one touchdown, and had two fumbles. That's not a great day at all from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and didn't have another quarterback he could start uh, in his super flex, so he ended up starting a guy by the name of Tony Jones. <laughs> Who that is, I have zero clue. Um, I'm not laughing at you, Ben. I just, the fact that you didn't know. I don't know who Tony Jones is, and no. I can't say that you knew who Tony, no. Tony Jones was either. I'm not saying that I knew who it was, but it was just funny that we didn't even know who his super flex player was. His team has been similar to mine, just riddled this year. I oh think. my gosh, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, I feel his pain. You definitely do. You definitely do. Let's talk about Mark and Sam. Mark takes his first loss. Sam wins his second game. Um, Sam won 161-160. I do want to get into more things, so if we can breeze through these next two matchups, just they're, they're just recaps anyway. Um, Tom Brady only throws for a touchdown. He does rush for one. McCaffrey, scoreless again, got hurt on Thursday night football against Houston. He's going to be out what they're saying. Um, four to six weeks, they're saying, but it's not IR. And again, this is according to... Roto Baller on Sleeper. Um, so it says Christian McCaffrey won't be won't be placed on IR, but he is going to be out. Um, in is going to be out for at least this next week. It's a hamstring. I'm assuming that it's going to be a few weeks. So Mark is going to have to rely heavily on the likes of Damian Harris, Derrick Henry, and then King Tony Henry. Pollard. Who, and Tony Pollard, who's had actually a very very good start to the year so far. But yeah, Mark, besides, Mark's team is continuing his dominance from last year. Yep, as simply even, as that. Even, even though he took the loss against Sam this past week, Sam had, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, both have great nights on Sunday night football. Um, Chris Carson had a touchdown, 80 yards. Robert Tunyon only had only had one catch, one, uh, one target. Um, but Matt Stafford, also against Tampa Bay, threw for four touchdowns. Um, for 30, almost 34 points. So uh, Sam's got uh, got a heavy-hitting lineup um, each and every week, it seems like. So Sam is, is again, this year going to be a team to be reckoned with and uh, is firmly in win-now mode. Yep. Final matchup, Texas Dan takes, uh, takes on Chris and beats him by about 13 points. Um, big scores from Cooper from Cooper cup and Mike Williams. Both of those guys have two touchdown days. Both of them score over 30 points as receivers. Naheem Hines continues to be the running back one in Indianapolis. He had a touchdown on the ground and five receptions for 50 yards. Mac Jones had one touchdown through three picks against new Orleans, but that's what you get when you start a rookie. And then Carson Wentz, uh, I feel like is permanently hurt. He's going to always have a Q next to his name. Glass bones. Texas. Texas Dan even won without with starting Daryl Henderson, who didn't even play. I know. I was actually and he still looking won. at that. Does he know that he can start Cordero in that spot? Because Cordero's been having a year. He has been having a year. Yeah, no, you definitely yeah. Texas Dan, if you're listening, you can start Cordero Patterson as a as a running back. Um doesn't have to be in your flex. So or you move move Hines there and then put Cordero in, in one of the four flex spots. You've got right. uh You've got options. But also, I think I'd probably start Jamal Williams over Cordero. That's just me, though. Yeah. 
But anyways, yeah, Chris, Chris's team Chris's team struggled this week. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire finally had a bounce back, but his recently acquired tight end, Hawkinson, did not perform up to standards. Tyson Williams is showing why he was like the fifth running back in Baltimore. Uh-huh. And Malcolm Brown is finally hitting Malcolm Brown numbers. So with that, Malcolm took Brown. L, or Marquise? Hall, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, whatever you want to call him. Same body type. Same, right. <laughs> Tyler Conklin on Chris's bench, seven receptions for 70 yards and a tutty. Chris, come on. Yeah, what no. was up with all that hype? Tight end one, Tyler Conklin, huh? <laughs> no, and he goes out and trades for Hawk, and Conk takes that personally. He's like, all right, I'm going to drop 70 yards and a touchdown on your ass. Drop the Michael Jordan meme, <laughs> and I took that personally. I took that personally. Um. That does it for week three matchups. Uh, before we get into week four preview, let's just do a few few housekeeping things. Let's go over the uh, playoffs as they stand currently. Josh, two victory or got another three victory points. He's sitting at nine. Mark is in second with seven. Dan Krause. No, not Dan Krause. Texas Dan. Dan Pastralo, third place, seven victory points. Sam, six victory points in fourth place. Jonathan tied. Also with Sam for six victory points, fifth place. And then Chris with four victory points, but the most points scored by four, edging out Jeremy for the final playoff spot if they started today. Um, So it'd be Josh, Mark, Dan, Sam, Jonathan, and Chris. Jeremy also has six victory points, but he has six fewer points than Jonathan. And he also has um, four fewer points than Chris. So Jeremy is just on the outside looking in. Wisconsin Dan, despite being two and one, uh, also is on the outside looking in, as well as myself. I believe Dan was a playoff team last week. I don't know that for a fact, but I know I was a playoff team last week. I am now on the outside looking in. And then we have Canute with three, Matt with two, Bort, you have two, and then Eli and Ben rounded out with zero victory points through three weeks. Yeah, no, Dan was not a playoff team last week. Okay, good to know. Um, Chris, Chris was, and Chris fell out, you fell out. And then Dan and Sam took your spots. Gotcha. Um, okay. Well, no, actually, Sam was in. But, oh, Chris didn't fall out because he still has the most points. So he just fell to the last spot. Um, but this will change. Um, I don't know if Dan Prestalo can can continue his his winning with his team. I think, you know, like Jeremy has had some bad luck. They've had some really good luck. But as you can see, he's sitting in third point, third place because he has seven victory points. But he's actually about 80 points behind Chris, who Jeez, is the points yeah. leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, once he gets passed up, he's going to fall really, really, really far. Because yeah. even, even me, I only have two victory points, but I only have 20, 19 points less than him total this year. Which... If that doesn't show something, you know what I mean? You have to right. really get, right. I mean, in with no other better words for it, you kind of have to get a little bit lucky with fantasy football. Oh, yeah, this game is all about luck. It's, okay, A, can your guys stay healthy? B, can you have favorable matchups? And C, can you, depending on the scoring format, are you, if A and B both work to your favor, then C is still fairly elusive because, who knows? A and B could have worked out for eight other teams this year instead of four. 
right? So it's like right. you have no idea what you're looking at. Um, but there, is, there, I think there are some trends. Obviously, the highest scoring teams are going to make the playoffs more than, more often than the lower scoring teams. But right. again, it does it does still in this league still does come down to who do you play and are you able to rack up victory points? Because if Dan can still if Dan can find a way to keep himself in the top five for victory points, he's in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, as long as he doesn't lose, he should be pretty good. And if you ask him, that's what it should be all about anyway. Hey, I didn't lose. I shouldn't be out of the playoffs. So if Dan, keep winning. You'll be uh you'll be in, in pretty good shape, I feel like. Well, yeah, and let's not in. like I feel like last year I assumed that Dan what didn't have a great team, but he was he was in no man's land with Jonathan last year. So he was closer to the playoffs than most of the team than basically half the league last year. So he did sell off, what did he sell, Diggs last year uh, or over the offseason. He made some moves where he was uh, to acquire some at some some future assets. But, uh, Dan, keep keep going. Don't listen to the haters. You're only you only have the third most points scored in the whole or fourth most points scored in the whole league. <laughs> but pop off, pop off, Dan. He's only got four more total points than me, but he's got four more victory points than me as well. That's all. That's all that matters, baby. Win, baby, win. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Um, you want to breeze through waiver wire, Bort? Sure. Let's pull it up here real quick. Um, I've got it pulled up. I, I suppose I can walk through it too. Yeah, why don't you just go ahead real quick? Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Waiver wire this past week. Um, I claimed Peyton Barber off of waivers for $2, and he scored like 27 points. Um, Jonathan, after I, after I dropped off or after I dropped off or dropped DJ Dallas, Jonathan picked him up for $2, um, just beating Ben who bid $1. And then the actual, um, actual waiver wire that processed on Wednesday, we had Nick Westbrook Ikine, or I'm not sure how you pronounce the, the second portion of his hyphenated last name. Jeremy dropped a total of 85 doll hairs on uh, what is now looking to be the wide receiver one in Tennessee because A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are both looking like they will not play on Sunday due to hamstring injuries. Wait, um, Julio has a bad hamstring? Who would have ever guessed? Not me, ever. Oh, my gosh. It's hard to imagine. Hard to um, Jer- Jeremy gets him for 85. Ben also had a bid for 21. Mark had one for 18 and Wisconsin Dan had a measly $3 bid. So Jeremy gets um, gets a wide receiver from Tennessee while dropping Phillip Walker. Um, ben adds Royce Freeman running back for Carolina with the CMC injury, just barely beating out Jonathan who had 12. Eli had a $0 bid in there as well. Um, Mark adds Gary Brightwell running back for the Giants. It looked like last week they only they only had two running backs on their active roster. Saquon and Brightwell um, Booker, I think was hurt or was deal- was a, a player or um, a healthy scratch for the game. So Fierce grabs him for five bucks. Wisconsin Dan adds uh, probably the most recognizable f- fullback in all of football. Kyle use check for $2 while dropping Wayne Gallman. Mark adds Zay Jones for a dollar. He also adds Brandon Zilstra and Kyle Sloter um, for $1 as well as Colt McCoy. So Mark with four $1 bids. Uh, this week as well as a $5 bid. So 
Um, gets Colt McCoy there back up in Arizona. And then uh, Eli rounds it out with a $0 bid for Jesse James, tight end for the Chicago Bears. Well, no, none of those really seem to be worth a whole ton, but I mean, maybe, never maybe know. Nick, maybe Nick Westbrook. I'm not, I mean, he, he was a rookie last year. He was, he was on the field for sleeper saying 78% of their, uh, of their offensive snaps caught every target. He was thrown, had a touchdown, but he also lost a fumble. Um, he also know, had AJ Brown and Julio Jones on the field with him. Well, yeah. So the argument for him this week is if AJ Brown and Julio Jones aren't there, he's gonna, and, and if Tennessee finds a need to, to pass the ball a ton, they're going to have to throw it to somebody and he's going to be one of the guys on the field. Uh, that's true. So, but speaking all these other- of speaking of the Tennessee wide receivers, Let's get into some trades because we, AJ we Brown had a busy week this week. Oh, so many big names have moved <laughs> yeah. this week. It's crazy. It's like I don't know if people get get like a little itch or or what oh it is. Oh my gosh! But big names went off the board this week, and I mean I was one of them, but I was still surprised as to like how many players were actually moved this week. Yeah. Um, but Ben and Chris, the two worst teams last year, made a deal with each other um, that sent A.J. Brown and a 2023 second round pick and then sent to Chris T.J. Hawkinson and a 2023 first round pick. Mm-hmm. So Ben moves back. To the second round and acquires Brown. Chris moves up and acquires Hawkinson. Um, at first glance, I understand that Ben got, I mean, obviously his wide receiver won, but in a tight end premium league, I guess I don't really know how to look at this with value. I know it, it makes because Hawkinson is definitely tier one tight end. Right. Right. But AJ Brown is also tier one wide receiver from a dynasty perspective. So, and I was, I was with Ben this weekend. We had a sibling bonfire on Saturday and Ben was saying that like in his eyes, AJ Brown is a consensus wide receiver one in dynasty. So, and he's like, I need all the wide receiver help I can get. And I think we see that like wide receivers are going to, are going to be outside of quarterbacks, potentially the most valuable position in this league. You see wide receiver heavy teams like Jeremy. Mark's not, Mark's not, um, I mean, Mark's got strength at every position, but wide receiver, especially, right? So it's, it's okay. If you can get a young talent um, in in a wide receiver and feel like you can plug and play him for the next six years in your lineup, then I, I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have liked to give Hawkinson Anna first, but if that's what it took to, to get a second round pick and AJ Brown back, I understand it. Yeah. Personally, just looking at it, I think that Hawkins, Hawkinson should have come with 
a second and Brown should have come with a first. I really think uh, that's that's probably the only only thing I have on that trade. Uh, I think yeah. it was pretty fair. I mean, I don't think it was like totally construed when I first saw it. I was like, whoa, you know. But then as I kind of analyzed it, I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense, um, especially for Ben to yeah. to get his wide yep. receiver of the future. Yep. Um, my, my only thing is I don't know where he's going to find a starting tight end because the draft is hard to find them. It's, yeah. I mean, y- you grabbed one. You have Fryermuth. Um, I have Pitts. Um, so like, in, but that means you're dropping a first round pick on a tight end, right? right? So it's okay. You've got to be, you've got to be okay with, and tight ends aren't going to necessarily pan out right away. They take a few years to develop. And I'm seeing that with Pitts firsthand. He only had like four catches last week or three catches last week. Right. So it's, it's not as if it's not as if you can grab a tight end in the first or even early in the second round and say, yep, I can play him every week this year as a rookie and they're going to be fine. They're going to be a top 10 tight end. Like that's not the case. Whereas with wide receivers, Jamar chase, he's got what three touchdowns through two weeks. Yeah. Or four touchdowns through three weeks or something, something crazy like that. And he's a rookie and he didn't even play football last year in college. So it's like, right. there's, there's something to be said about how quick, certain positions can get up to speed running backs and wide receivers are faster at getting up to speed than tight ends. So um, this is probably the most even out of all the trades that we'll discuss. Like <laughs> I could, I can, I can make the argument for either, either side of this, right? I probably right. side on, I'd prefer Hawkinson in the first yeah. versus AJ Brown in the second, but the argument can be made. And I think you have to take into it, take into account roster strength and position strength for each team. So, Perfect. Well, the next trade I'll go over was your trade. So, which one? Um, your trade with <laughs> Eli. Uh, so yeah, Pete made two major deals just in the last seven days. So, uh, Pete sent rookie phenom Najee Harris to Eli, and in return, he received. Alvin Kamara. But that's not it. He also <laughs> got Robbie Anderson and a second round pick next year. Oh man. This is What do you make of that? What this do you make is a, of that? This is a classic case of <laughs> panic, I feel like. <laughs> and and I don't I don't I mean I'm not saying that to like flame Eli or anything like that. But I think he kind of thought that maybe he was going to get caught holding the bag on Alvin Kamara. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he was not playing. I mean, he played okay week one, uh, but then, you know, really sucked week two. And then as soon as he trades him, he goes, <laughs> out, and, <laughs> he goes out and puts up 19 points. Um, I mean, ugh. Najee Harris is 23. Alvin Kamara's 26, but Najee Harris is a rookie. Alvin Kamara's been playing for five years. It's, it's tough. I, I obviously, I think, I think he won this trade. Um, I don't even know. 
maybe I would trade Najee straight up for Kamara, or I would trade Kamara straight up for Najee if it was if it was given to me. Right. Ooh, but, but to but, add, but to add Robbie in a second, like Robbie's not a great wide receiver. He's twenty eight. He's a, I mean, he was a thousand yard receiver last year for Carolina, but yeah. I don't think his shelf life is super like super long. No, it's they one did of those, just sign him. Those... They did just sign him to an extension. But even yeah. still, to get Robbie in a second and Kamara for Najee straight up, I was like, I think I kind of have to that. say yes, right? Like, right, right. Even if I'm getting an even if I'm getting an older running back, and I was so when Eli Eli came to, as soon as Eli put Kamara on the trading block, according to Sleeper, I reached out to him and I was like, "Are you looking for a running back plus for Kamara?" Um, and he said, "Or Kamara plus for Najee," and I was like, "Well, what else would you put on there?" And then we got to talking about, um, like Robbie Anderson and he. Or a second round pick, and then I said, okay, if you throw in, if you do Robbie and the second, like let's call it a deal. And that was basically it. Like it wasn't. This happened over the course of probably like twelve or fourteen DMs. Like it wasn't a super long winded. Here's why you should trade for Najee. Here's why Kamara helps you. It was a like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take Kamara back, and and I'll get a, a wide receiver I can start fairly comfortably each week, and then a second round pick. Granted, it's going to be late from Mark, but. That was my thinking. Um, I did look into the like overall touches that each that Najee and Kamara have had, and it was something along the lines of Kamara in college only had like two hundred some touches, and Najee through like in in his four years at Alabama had like seven hundred and thirty or forty touches. And then I was like, okay, well, then let's add up the the touches that they've had in the pros thus far. And Kamara is in his fifth NFL season, and Najee's only in his third, only played his third game. And Kamara only out has only out-touched Najee by, like, 250 touches or something like that. That's crazy. So it's like, like I'll, t- I'll take it, right? Like, I know what Kamara's going to do each and every week. Like, he's going to go yeah. out, he's going to catch six balls, he's going to rush 15 times, and... He's going to have probably close to 100-plus all-purpose yards and a touchdown or two. Like, that's a given. And, like, I don't know what Pittsburgh is going to look like next year, right? And we didn't know what New Orleans was going to look this year, but you know damn well that Kamara is their best offensive player, so they're going to get in the wall, you know? So I'm thinking, yeah, that's a Eli came to me, and I'm like, that's a smash accept. Yeah, that's just, you ha- that's I mean, a, you, have that's, to ac- you have to accept that. I was like, uh, I think I, I don't think I can say no. So that that was my rationale for it. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting older, but I'm really not getting, I'm really not losing that much tread on the tires, uh, considering Najee had 700 touches in college and Kamara only played for two years and had barely over 200. Like, I'm okay with that. Um, the other trade that happened, uh, I think this probably not angered people the most, but kind of just like said it like really set the league um like put the league on notice like okay Jeremy Jeremy's like legitimately going to do this thing like and yeah. is going to try is, is going to try his hardest to do it if there's, Jeremy if there's, said if there's anything we can possibly look back on as what could be a possible league ender it could this be this trade it. yeah and the, tra- the so this was between Canute and 
Jeremy. Canute trades Justin Herbert and David Montgomery. Justin Herbert, uh, second-year quarterback for the Chargers. David Montgomery running back for the Bears. I think he's in his third year. Um, he trades those two players and in return gets uh, three 2022 first-round picks, a 2022 second-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, Jameis Winston, Curtis Samuel, and some guy by the name of Jeffrey Wilson. Um, Jameis is a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, former first-round pick of Tampa Bay. Curtis Samuel played in Carolina for a handful of years and now is in Washington playing for the football team. I think he's currently injured or just coming off of injury. He hasn't played a snap this year. Um, I don't know. It's like... What have I said? I've said this on the pod. Like, don't if you're giving away the best players in the like best player in the trade, don't package them. Like, don't package another player on top of it. Like, if a team has enough ammo, trade with them twice and like trade with them separately. Um, Because like Herbert, in my opinion, is worth those four firsts easily. Yeah, easy easily, right? Like, am I crazy in thinking that? Um. No, I mean, I guess, I guess it really depends. Like, we know the trades in our league. Like in some leagues, he might go for like two firsts, right? Sure, sure. But we've kind of set some type of precedent mm-hmm. where we value players at a certain level. Uh, Do we think the I, Mahomes I, trade started that? Because he's really the only only other big time quarterback that's been dealt. I think that previous trades, even from from other years, I think it was a lot more difficult for us to try and value it. the 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 Mahomes trade may have kind of set it because that was our first trade in our new league for an elite tier quarterback. Right. Um. But then we even had Derek Carr go for two firsts. Or, right. Excuse me. It was Derek Carr and Brandon Cooks. But they went for... Those two players went for two, two firsts first and, two, and seconds. two seconds. So in all honesty, I think, honestly, Carr went for two firsts and Cooks went for two seconds is kind of how I look at that trade. So if a player like Carr can go for two firsts, I mean, it's freaking crazy that Herbert shouldn't go for four because by a, himself. He, a, he's younger, and B, I think he's going to be in a different level than Derek Carr. And he already has shown that he is right. Like I, I don't, I don't hate Canute for trading Herbert. And I, and I, I don't, also, I don't hate I, the value. No, but I, I don't know. It's. Make Jeremy make the deal twice. Like if he wants Herbert and Montgomery, say, "Hey, here's what I'm willing to sell. Just Herb, like I'm willing to do this with you, but I'm I need in order to try to get squeeze as much value out of this for me. Like picks aren't going to help Jeremy win. He had no. four first round. He had four first round picks in 2022. He wasn't even going to be able to roster them all. Like his bench is that deep, right? So it's like. Jeremy, if you ha- if you have the ammo, yes, it's a great it's a slam dunk deal for Jeremy as well because he's saying great i get two guys who i'm going to plug into my starting lineup for three bench guys four picks that i don't know what they're going to materialize into and a second round pick yeah. um 
And so it's like, I don't know. I know that would have been difficult to do, but I would have loved to have see, seen Herbert go for Jameis and four firsts at least, and then Montgomery go for close to two second, two firsts value because that's where I, I think he could have gotten some value out of. But that's and, all hindsight. And for clarity, Jeremy only had three first-rounders this coming year. The fourth one came from from 2024, but yeah, so he had three, four. Correct. He had yep. four first rounders total. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that definitely solidifies Jeremy's team even one oh step gosh. farther. I mean, yeah, this was we had him crowned champ and runner up before he traded for Herbert for Herbert and Montgomery, and we and now his. We, now we his lineup is going to be – oh, yeah. Now his lineup is going to be um, Josh Allen, Nick Chubb, Justin Jefferson, George Kittle, Chase Claypool, Austin Eckler, probably David Montgomery, Michael Pittman, and then uh, Justin Herbert, which is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be insane. That's going to be insane. Um, but Canute is absolutely retooling. He's, uh, he's going all in on 2022. I think he has your 2022 first. Yep. And then as well, he's got three more. Um, he's got a 2022 second. Uh, I think he already a, had two. I think he's got five total first in this upcoming draft now. So Canute is banking on the 2022 draft class to be his lord and savior. Yep. So best of luck to you, Canute. I really hope you do your uh, draft research. Cheers, brother. Um, and then what? The final trade was it Me actually happened not too long ago. Yep. I'm so glad we did this, buddy. Yeah. Trade was I traded Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, um, a 23 first, which was my own, a 24 first, which was Jonathan's, and then Mark's 2022 second round pick. And in return, I get my beloved and coveted wide receiver quarterback stack. I get Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I got flamed in the chat for this one. You did. You did. I think it's because I'm such a public figure and everyone <laughs> looks up to me in this league. Um, and Maybe. There might have been a few salty people that thought that they offered more. But in all in all, this is kind of like what I was somewhat looking for. I know we were actually on a video call making this deal. You know, cause <laughs> yeah. Me and you would go back and forth and chat, kind of like, how's it going to take to get Hill? And I'd be like, uh, you know, get lost, whatever. <laughs> um, and then I finally set my mind that I was I was ready to see him go. And everyone's like, oh, Juju Smith-Schuster, he sucks. I guess my viewpoint is, is he's been having a pretty good year this year. You know, obviously he, he, str- he struggled last week against Cincinnati. He struggled last year against Cincinnati, if I if I remember correctly as well. But I kind of view him as a as a fresh start for next year. I don't know if Ben if Big Ben will be back. I foresee that the NFL cap is going to grow, um, and I think that he's gonna go somewhere new, somewhere where he can be for sure the top dog. You know, he's not surrounded by Claypool, Fryermuth, and. Um, uh, Deontay Johnson. Right. And he's going to be the big man on campus somewhere. And he's going to put up 
you know, more of those big numbers that I think that he's capable of. At least I hope so. But, I mean, if you look at it, he was, you know, the last three years have been somewhat of a struggle. But 2017, he was a top 15 wide receiver. 2018, he was top 10. Um, 2019, he didn't play I think, every single I, game. I think he was hurt. And then 2020, you know, that was last year. He, he was a top 25 um, but they brought in, you know, three brand new wide receivers and with COVID, you know, everything kind of just clicked for yeah. the team and the rookies coming in. Um, so I guess we'll see. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I probably valued him a little bit higher than, than what others, others may, but then I also got Antonio Brown who was, you know, obviously he didn't score last week because he was on the COVID list. Um, and he really is going to be a boomer bust player, you know, yeah. especially being like the fourth or fifth guy, but he can definitely, I can definitely throw, pull him in and out depending on who they're playing up against. Yeah. I think they're going to run up the score, you know, like, I'll probably play him against New England this week because I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nuts. Um, yeah, he will. So, yeah. I mean, all in all, I had it on a calculator. Obviously, you can look at multiple different trade calculators. This one said that I won. Obviously, the one that you had said that you won. So. By by quite a bit, I might add. <laughs> yeah. And so but again, like, that so. It's, don't use calculators as the end all be all rule for do I make this trade or do I not make this trade? Like I'm I'm a, in full favor of make trades. Like don't let what the league is going to think hinder right. you or force you or like play too big a factor into you making a deal. Like if you want to go get a player, go overpay for him. Like if you want him, if you want him, go do it, you know? Well, and that's like and that's, so it's, like, like that's go, what makes the leagues like this so much fun is like I'd rather be in a league like this where we can have discussions on, oh, that was an overpay or oh, my gosh, like Jeremy totally won that trader. Oh, my gosh, Eli, why would you add Kamara? Why would you add to Kamara to get Najee? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I'd rather be in those kind of discussions than, hey, you want to trade? Oh, uh, no, not really. Yeah. Like, that's so dumb. I just I know I, I've been I've been in leagues like that. I, I just can't stand them. So, like, keep making trades. You're gonna get better. Like, if you're like, oh, I don't want to make trades because I ha- feel like I haven't I haven't done well with them yet. Make another one. Like, yeah, you'll well, figure. Like, it's yeah. I don't know because I, I That's like what I think about it. I was talking to Canute and he had made what a lot of people in this league would consider questionable trades. <laughs> we won't get into them, but ourselves included. Yeah. So he. I, I messaged him about some players, and he goes, "I think I need to take a little break. I'm thinking <laughs> that my trade my trade skills aren't quite there." And I just kind of chuckled. I was like, "I totally understand how you feel because when I first came into the league, I screwed up big time." Uh, and I I came to find out that when I was joining, they all were putting in chat like, "Don't make trades with the new guy for like, oh, or no, 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 no." It was that you were telling me. Not to make any like, trades because guys were gonna send me bad trades. That's what it was. I was like, I was like, don't accept an offer from anybody for like a month. Just like yeah. sit on your team for a month 
and then you can like evaluate and like make some moves moving forward. And, and yeah, I screwed up. So I was talking to Canoe. I was like, I totally, I totally know how you feel. Yada yada yada. Um, and yeah, honestly, I think he made a trade with the wrong person. But if I'm being honest, I think it's really the only person that he could have gotten that kind of value out of as well. For sure. Because he held For sure. it. I mean, and, but but then but then you're gonna have people who are saying, oh, I I had this on the table, and it's like, okay, well, you Chris. like. If it was on the table, like, yes, okay. If you if it was tech, if it was a legitimate offer via sleeper, it was ready to be like accepted. That's one thing. But if I don't know, I have an issue of I I have an issue of, and I'm I'm super guilty of this saying, oh, I would have offered this and this and this for them. And the only reason why I say that is because I then see what the actual trade was, and I'm always. Always going to be like, oh, I would have offered more than that, and yada yada yada. Assuming that everybody values every player the same, which is yeah. just not the case, you know. Right, right. So we're dealing with human beings. I mean, I love this trade, and I think now this like officially puts me into win now mode. Trading for Kamara and Tyreek <laughs> in within a week. <laughs> so my, I was I was doing some I was doing some lineup projections, and it'll be. Something along the lines of Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, um, Alvin Kamara, Kyle Pitts, Saquon Barkley, Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, uh, Robbie Anderson, or um, Devontae Parker, and then uh, Baker Mayfield. So I don't love the second half of that, but the first half with Saquon, Tyreek, Kamara, Pitts, A-Rob, and Mahomes. I mean, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited for my team. I'm yeah, you got a good one. squad. I, I don't. I don't think I had uh, two wins until like week eight last year. Yeah. Now I just gotta pray against injury. Oh my gosh, so bad. <laughs> but um, that does it. That does it for trades, right? Yep. I want to blitz through uh, blitz through our uh, week four week four matchups. You bet. Cool. Um, I'll start us off. We're looking at, uh, I'll just go with mine first. I play Matt, uh, projected to win by a little over 20, um, 25 points or so. Um, I will have Tyreek Hill in my lineup because the trade will process on Saturday. So I think that bumps me up a little bit. But um, besides that, I mean, I don't know. I think I like my chances. I think Matt had a, had enough uh, enough magic in week one. I don't know if he's gonna have much more magic for the much uh, a lot more magic for the rest of the year. But if Patrick Mahomes tra- uh, goes to Travis Kelsey only, and if Justin Fields plays like a quarterback next week, it could get close. But I'm gonna take myself in this matchup. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take you too here. Well, actually. He doesn't have Dalvin in here. Oh, true. Dalvin's going to be starting, or Dalvin's so, going to be playing next week. At about 15 points there. I mean, I don't know. It'll be close. It'll, he'll, play I mean, Dalvin, he'll play Dalvin instead of Carlos Hyde, so whatever Dalvin's going to be projected at, probably like 17 points minus four. So add, add 13 points to Matt's score. It'll be, it'll be closer than I want it to be. Um, but I, I mean, I just... Saquon having another having another solid week. Um, I think he gets it. I think I get it done. Um, yeah, just barely though. 
I think you do too. I mean, Jacoby Brissett played way above his level last week, in my opinion. Um, and I don't think Emmanuel Sanders does what he did either. So, yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey, and uh, Kelsey and Dalvin should have two pretty good weeks this week. But yeah. other than that, you just have way too many studs on your team. It would, it would, it would be similar to Jeremy losing <laughs> week one. Don't say you know that. I mean? Don't uh-huh. say that. But that's the kind of thing it would take in order for you yeah. to lose. Yeah. Um, um, you're you're going up against commission next week. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I. I mean, I don't. It's going to be this similar to. I, it would take serious magic. Uh, for me to pull out the win here, um, he, I don't know. Bobby Woods though has not played well. Russell Wilson does go up against San Francisco. Um, ah man, I mean, if my team overperforms like they have every so often, um, <laughs> despite being zero and three. Yeah, despite being 0-3, I've claimed a couple victory points, so I would have beat over half of the league twice, yeah. but I didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow has a favorable matchup against Jacksonville. Um, tonight. Tonight. That should be a fun game. Uh, Fryermuth goes up against Green Bay, who has actually allowed pretty good number of points to tight ends. And then Jamar Chase, who is my stack with uh, Joe Burrow. Other than that, all of these guys are pretty much boomer bust other than Sam Darnold, who is a solidified quarterback one. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could definitely boom, but I could also definitely bust big time. You will you will have ju- you will have Juju and AB because AB is off of the covid list. So, he will oh, yeah, be most likely active. So you do have you do have a couple of guys to, to replace <laughs> the total points that Tyreek would normally get you. Um, I'm still going to take Jonathan though. Yeah. I don't, I don't really see a way unless there's like a, an injury to a, to a quarterback or, or something like that. Um, I don't really see a path for, for victory for you nope. unless Burrow and chase have a, have a hell of a day tonight Four um, touchdowns. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see it happening. So no. I'm going to, no. I'm going to pick Jonathan on that. Yep. Me too. Uh, but then, yeah, with that, we have Eli going up against Josh this week. J- Josh, what is a, a, what? Josh is a team we all kind of shit on. We did. And like now I'm like, why did we do that? I think we all thought that with the whole Deshaun Watson thing, his team would be booty. Uh, but Derek Carr. Yep. Whoa. Leading Where'd... the league. Leading, I saw this on. I saw this on. Uh... I think it was on ESPN or, or Sports Center or something like that. Saw that Derek Carr is leading the league in passing yards by like 200 yards. Yeah. Um. So they've been airing it out. Yeah. He's, thr- it's been he's crazy. thrown for he's thrown for 435, 382, and 386 in his first three weeks. That, I mean, that's literally like that's Patrick Mahomes <laughs> numbers. More than like that. I'm saying, but like that's what you would expect from a Patrick Mahomes, not a Derek for Carr. Sure. No, no, not. We thought we knew who Derek Carr was, and all of a sudden this year he's like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna throw for 380 every week," right? 
So yeah, Josh isn't missing Deshaun Watson, um, and I do applaud Josh for holding uh, holding on to Deshaun. I mean, it. I I if I were in in his shoes and saw the allegations, I probably would have sold and just been like, nope, get. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to have to try to fill a fill a hole at quarterback that I didn't even think about last year. Um, and then Cooks has been a very very pleasant surprise. I don't know why. I think we all slept on Brandon Cooks, but he's been a thousand yard receiver everywhere he's been. Literally everywhere he's been, he's been a thousand yards. Really? Yes. New Orleans, he had two back to back thousand yard seasons, got traded to New England in one year, had a thousand yards in New England, then went to the Rams, had 1,200 yards. Then in Houston, last year had 1,100, and is going to probably be a thousand yard receiver this year again. Wow. But okay, so he's definitely boomer bust, though. Like going through his game log. You know, it's like sure. four, fourteen, five, zero, thirty-one, twenty-one. Right. But let's but this look at, year it's been very at, consistent. Well, and let's look at the overall finishes for Brandon Cook since he came into the league in twenty fourteen. So twenty fourteen, he was a rookie. He was wide receiver fifty five, and this is all uh, PPR. So fifty five, thirteen, nine, fifteen, thirteen, sixty two. He was injured with uh, the Rams in twenty nineteen. Then last year in Houston, sixteen. This year, wide receiver six so far. That's crazy. So, yeah, we've all kind of slept on him, huh? Yeah, I didn't want any part of Houston's offense, but uh, Brandon Cooks looks to be the guy to own. So if you're in any other leagues, go out and, uh, and try, to make a, try to make an offer for Cooks if you can. Probably too late now, but. Okay, so I'm looking at this. Uh, Cooks was traded to Dan Krause. For Mike Evans, but Dan Krause got Brandon Cooks, a first, a sec, and two seconds, and then he went and traded Carr and Cooks for two first and two seconds. Like Cooks has made Dan Krause so much money, or so much, <laughs> so many draft picks. Yeah, he has. He absolutely has. And it's not like Brandon Cooks would be the wide receiver to put Dan's roster over the top anyway. No. So. Great job. That's how you trade, folks. That is how you do it. Um, in that matchup, though, God, Eli, it's just 0-3, and, and then you're going up against the hottest team in the league. That is, I don't know what you do about that. That's tough. And then he goes up against me next week, or the week after. With your newly acquired squad. With Kamara and Tyreek and Saquon fully back and... God, I just – and Canute has Eli's first. Or, no, Jeremy had Eli's first, but he traded it to Canute. So now Canute's got your first, Eli's first, and his own first. <laughs> yeah. He could own three picks in, like, the top half of the draft. Canute's going to have picks one, two, and three, baby. <laughs> no, he doesn't have Ben's. He doesn't have Ben's oh first. Oh, my – that's true. That's a good point. But, yeah, three out of the first five picks probably. Right. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. That is so, that's unbe- that's crazy. Yeah. But I I'm going to take Josh in this one. I think Josh uh Josh stays on the uh stays on the winning streak, gets another 3 victory points and drops Eli to 0 and 4. Don't let Josh get hot. Too late, guy. Too I late. Know. Josh is on fire. And he's got the he's got the Tight end wide or tight end QB stack Waller and Carr. So, 
as long as Derek Carr keeps throwing the ball, Waller's gonna Waller's gonna feast. Um, I have Josh in that matchup. Next, we've got Mark and Jeremy. What would, what could potentially be a championship, if not or playoff, if not championship matchup? Um, Jeremy's slated to win by what looks like thir- fifteen points or so currently, but the, that does take into account the new Justin Herbert and David Montgomery trade. Um, and it also does account for Christian McCaffrey being out of Mark's lineup. And that's probably what is leading up lead or what is, um, kind of leading the, the, the point, uh, discrepancy between the two teams right now. If McCaffrey was healthy, I think this, I think this would be a much closer matchup. I'm going to take Jeremy to win. Yeah. I'm going to take Jeremy to win. This is, this is precisely what we talked about with Mark's roster. He's been hot. He came into the league, picked up right where he left off. We said all's yep. it gonna, all's it's going to take is you know one injury to one of his studs, and I think we might have even said that it was going to be Christian McCaffrey again. I can't fully remember, I mean, but with the type no, of workload but... that he takes, it's. Uh, I mean, not I, sustainable. It's not sustainable to have. I mean, what did he have in twenty nineteen? Was it like five hundred total touches in just like that one year? It was. I'll, I'll look. It was something absolutely absurd. Probably not five hundred, but you know, we talk about um, Najee having seven hundred over four years at Alabama, and then Christian yeah. McCaffrey has. I think it might have been something closer to like four hundred, but even still, four hundred touches in a year is. Yeah, he had 287 rushes, 116 receptions, and that brings us to a grand total of 403, 403. 403 touches. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So, that, I mean, you got to expect that insane. a hamstring is going to pop, or tweak at least, I should say. Ankles are going to get turned. Knees are going to get yeah. hurt. Like, So, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think, yeah, Jeremy's obviously going to win this one. Mark is hoping that CMC is back before. I still think Mark could sneak out a victory point at least. Yeah. Oh, he's got um, enough firepower. He's got enough firepower to to sneak out a, a top seven score this week for sure. Yeah. Um, I think Brady. I think I think all of the Bucks are a must start this week. Sunday night football in New England. Because Tom Brady's not, I, I I will be surprised if the Buccaneers have more than fifteen total rushing attempts as a team this week. I think it's all going to be Tom Brady proving without a doubt that he is not a product of fantastic coaching. Right. Like they're gonna come out firing. So having Godwin and Gronkowski, uh, if I'm Mark, that's if if Mark wins, it's gonna be because the Buccaneers are gonna have forty five points. And Godwin's gonna have two touchdowns. Gronk's gonna have a touchdown, and Brady's gonna throw for like five. Like if Mark's gonna win, it's gonna be because of those three guys. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, Gronkowski has probably been the tight end surprise of the year. I mean, we all kind of knew what he did in New England, but after last year, it was kind of like, ah, uh, maybe he took a little bit of a step back. But yeah. my God, like he's just been unstoppable. Yeah. Well, and he's and he wasn't ever really known to be like the healthiest 
right. tight end. But last year played in all 16 games. This year he's played three. I think he's probably always going to be, quote, questionable. But he's going to be out there on the field, and he's going to be the predominant pass catcher of the tight ends. Yep. If Mark wins this year without Christian McCaffrey again, that's a, that's a goat move. Like, that's kind of insane. Yeah. But if he does, it'll be because of his Tampa Bay stack. Which, again, great, great job assembling by Mark, uh, if that's the case. Right. Um, but I think you and I both have Jeremy. Next yep. is going to be Ben versus Canute. Um, Canute slated to win by eight. Um, both teams are actually, Canute has one win. He's one and two. Ben's 0 and three. Uh, I don't know if either team really wants to win. I mean, I know Ben says he doesn't want to tank um, and, like, doesn't want to be b- bad two years in a row, but I don't know. I mean... If you're Ben, this is the this is the game you want to win, though. Yes. You want to be yep. the team that's one and two, kind of even yep. out the playing field. Absolutely. Because gets you a little bit closer to Canute with two victory points. Yep. Um. But then if you're Canute, you know, you, you want to lose this game. You want to lose to the bad teams uh, yeah. to kind of keep the playing field even, you know, make sure you're, you know. So it's how do you lose with while still starting I know startable players? I know. Um, It'll be interesting, though. I mean, obviously, they could trade someone away. Definitely. But. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go Ben I'm gonna go Ben this week. I think I think Trevor Lawrence has um has a has a much better night tonight um than he has up until this point. I think this is his quote coming out party. Um nope. I think he's gonna have something to prove against okay, the other the the other former number one overall pick, um, Joe Burrow. I think it's gonna be a um a pretty entertaining game and I think Trevor Lawrence plays for pretty well. And then obviously you have Gibson and Swift and now he's got A.J. Brown. I think Ben squeaks out a W this week. Yeah, I'm actually going to go completely against that. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence, I mean, we've seen the Cincinnati defense has been a lot better this year than in previous years. They went out and retooled a lot of that defense. Uh, yeah. Gibson has not practiced yet this week. Um, oh, that's so right. So who knows if he's going to even play. I know you... you Easily could have missed that. I, it literally popped across my feed as we were podcasting. Um, so, I mean, he can obviously still move Swift up into his um, starting running back spot, try to find a new super flex. Um, A.J. Brown is there, but, again, who knows if he's going to play this week. Um, Tony Jones might have to Tony Jones play. is going to be that super flex play of the week again. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, no, I think unless Canute, has Canute two, can Canute get has really strategic, he's going to win. <laughs> unless, yeah, if Canute can be really strategic, you're thinking that uh, Canute W? It's a W for Canute unless he gets real strategic. All right. That's fair. Um, last two matchups, Sam versus Texas Dan. I think Sam takes this pretty easily. It's a pretty big, it's a pretty big margin between... Uh, those two teams, I think Sam takes it. He's just got too much firepower on his lineup. What about you? Um, yeah, pretty well cut and dried. Um, I'm looking at his bench here. I don't. Yeah, again, I think that 
hold on, does he have him? I think he needs to start Cordell Patterson, which is he then now? No, no he's he not needs to start Cordero Patterson because I think, think he, so. Yeah. Yeah. Over who? Um, Javante. Yeah. I'd start him over Javante. You're not starting him over Cooper Cup, Mike Williams, Odell, or Naheem Hines. No. Or Mac Jones. No, that's true. Eh, he might be good, but yeah, I think Sam's team is one of those teams where it's like you're surprised, but then you're not because he's got Rodgers, Adams, and Tanyan, and when they they go off, they go off. Yep. And, you know, I kind of forgot he had Sutton, you know, that was injured last year. Debo has been Wow. Yeah. Cruised. I was gonna I was gonna say. Like he's been good. Um yes, you he know has. Mike Evans came out of the gates a little bit rusty against Dallas, but has played really well other than that, you know, that- against Atlanta and, and the Rams. Yeah, he, he wins this one pretty handily, yep. unless there's something major that happens to the Packers. I agree. Um not to mention not to mention he's got Stafford as well, who played absolutely lights out last week. Stafford Final- in LA is amazing. I love watching it. I don't love the Rams, but I do like Matthew Stafford, so I'll root for him. Uh just because of Stafford. Um Final matchup, Chris versus Wisconsin Dan. Uh Chris wins this one as well. Um, Chris goes to two and two. He did lose a tight matchup last week. Chris comes back, goes, gets back up to 500, two and two Wisconsin. Dan drops to two and two. That's what I think. Just looking at some matchups here. Um, Oh, I like a lot of, I like a lot of Dan's team to outscore their projection. Let's really? have some fun. Let's have some fun. I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with Dan. I think he needs to take out Use Check and put in Cole Beasley again. Um yeah. they're going up against and he also, they're going up against Houston. Uh I would definitely He also ne- he also needs to start Sony Michelle against Arizona instead of James Conner versus the Rams. Uh I don't know. Yes, dude, you need to. Maybe. Because guess what? Daryl Henderson didn't even play last week. What did Sony do? Sony had 20 carries for 67 yards, no touchdowns. Connor scored two touchdowns last week, but they played the Jaguar, the, but they played the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a good play for him. Uh obviously he's got some adjusting to do. Heineke going up against Atlanta should ball out. Yep. Boyd going up against Jacksonville should have some catches. Marvin Jones, that's where I kind of he's been Trevor Lawrence's go to guy though. That's where I, I like him. And then yeah. Goddard going up against Kansas City. Their defense has been a sieve still this year. Leaky. Um Khalif Raymond. I don't know about him. Maybe he could be swapped out too for someone. I've never um, heard of him. I haven't either. Uh, and then Mike Davis goes up against Washington. I don't really like that matchup. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's going to have a good week against Baltimore. 
We'll see so, how it goes. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm taking Dan. Chris. You're taking Dan. Wisconsin Dan. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that does it for week four projections. Do we want to go over? I don't have any fire fire or poop picks this week. Um, I don't either. Do you? Do you? I'm going to go Tyree Kill as my fire pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster as my fire pick of this week. <laughs> and I'm going to go cold pick. I'm going to go... Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's fun mm. to pick to be bad. <laughs> because he is. Because he is. <laughs> Most of the time. And he's going up against the All Philly right. defense, who has actually not allowed much for rushing. That's a good point. Okay, that does it. Good luck, everyone. Have a great week. week. We'll see you next week. Bye.